You're listening to A1R Psychic Radio, Earth's number one psychic radio network, and watching Moonstruck TV and Lightning Television. Welcome. Time for Amanda Hall Psychic with Amanda Hall. Live from amandahallpsychic.com.au. Connect direct. In North America, dial 888-454-2751. In London, 203519-2158. In Sydney, dial 02-8488-3147. Or online, contact us through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash psychic radio. Or one of our websites, askoneradio.com or moonstruck.tv. This is a Amanda Hall site on A1R, the Ask One Radio Network. Welcome to A1R Psychic Radio here on Moonstruck TV with Amanda Hall Psychic all the way from the Gold Coast. I hope you had an absolutely fantastic week wherever you are in this amazing planet of ours. I know we've still got weather events and we've still got the stuff happening in Ukraine, but I like to sort of think that we can still remain a little bit positive and sort of share the love and sort of bring some love and light to those that might be feeling a little bit under the weather or not having such a great time and it's just to know that somebody cares and that's what we do here at this network we do care about each and every one of you on all of our shows so let's kick the show off this week with the simply tarot card of the week and this is one of my favorite cards this is the high priestess now the high priestess is the highest card in the tarot deck it's very powerful it's either good or bad it doesn't necessarily lean towards one way or the other depending on other cards that come out around it it's a card that also says secrets yet to be revealed. Now, the reason why it's one of my favourite cards is that to me, it's almost like we can do anything. You know, you have the power within your hands. You've got the balance in your life. It's just a matter of making your mind up of what's important to you and going for it. And quite often I find when this card comes out in a reading, it is still indicating to us that there is still some secrets yet to be revealed. There's things to be shared with us. So even though you may be in the midst of needing to make some major decisions and you get this card, it's saying to you, everything's on track. Everything's where it's meant to be. Even if it doesn't seem like it's positive, know that this is for your highest good. And this card will bring about any secrets or reveal anything that needs to be revealed as we move forward. So I always look at this card in a, a very positive sort of way because it is the highest out of the 78 cards. It overrides anything else. It can bring a sort of a sense of mysticism and magic and wonder to any sort of reading. It's sort of, to me, I always look at it as being more positive than negative. And it sort of really brings that very comforting sort of almost like a Mother Teresa energy where, you know, everything's going to be all right because she's there. Just her presence sort of makes you feel a lot better. And that's how I look at this card. And this card to me has very special significance this week, as we'll talk about at the end of the show. And this card always reminds me of this particular dame that we lost in the last six months. So it's a very powerful, very healing card. And it's a card of great high power. So each and every one of us have the power to make changes in our lives and to make someone else's life a little bit better. You know, sometimes by just asking somebody how they are or giving them a smile is the thing that they need. So let's move on to the astrology section. We still have the sun in Pisces. It's, it's nearing the end of its journey now in Pisces. It won't be long before it slips into Aries. So we're at the final few 
days of you know the sun in Pisces there, which is lovely. So I want you. Well, no, actually, we are. We've we've only just gone into Pisces. I beg your pardon. We've got until the twenty first of next month. So you know, I'm getting ahead of myself there. We for all the Pisces, happy birthday. There's plenty of famous Pisces that I'm not going to mention them all here on the show. We take up all the time, but it's a very magical time of the year. It's a time of the year when I think it's the first part of the year where we stop and take a little bit of stock. We start to look at. We've done our New Year's resolutions. How are they faring for us? Is there some adjustments or some things? that need to be changed it's also a very creative time of the year it's where we've got over Christmas and New Year and we're starting to look at the projects that we want to bring about or work on for the remainder of this year and we're still early enough in the year that we can start to get excited about them and sort of make plans and start to get things happening so it is a very creative time of the year I quite often find that people find it's a time of the year where they look at what concerts they might want to book or look at the films that they want to see. It's again comes under that creative banner. It's like, I really want to get some culture and some pleasant things in my life, things to look forward to. So it's a, a positive time of the year. We're going to move on now to Venus is sitting at the moment holding hands or conjunct Saturn, the planet of discipline in Aquarius. Now, Venus is the planet of love and affection, but Venus is also the things that we love to do. So at the moment, we may find that there's a little bit of a restriction there on some of the things that we love to do or the things that we'd like to get moving. It's not saying that they're impossible. It's saying that, okay, if there is a slight delay or a little hold up, it's there, it's necessary. Look at the reasons why. Uh, maybe you're trying to move this project along too quickly. Are you in too much of a hurry? So, you know, just take a deep breath, slow down a little bit and work with the energy. Don't try and swim against it, work with it. For those of you that are in a love relationship that might have been a little bit tricky recently, now is the perfect time to sort of try and think outside the square to maybe approach the situation with your loved one or your your child or your partner or the person that you're closest to in a different sort of way. Maybe just take a deep breath and look at it from their point of view, even though you may not agree with it maybe if you take the time to stop and look and listen to what they've got to say that you might see that this is a completely new fresh approach something that you hadn't considered and may even seem a little bit wacky or out there or out of the box or the light bulb moment that and you can sort of say mm, yeah okay I can see that I might not totally agree with it but I can see and understand where you're coming from that now gives you a point of negotiation that we can start to take negotiations or conversations a little bit further than what we did before where you were just flat out no 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 and I'm not listening and I'm not looking at it sometimes we need to take a step back and look at the other person's point of view and then we start to see resolution wouldn't that be nice if we could apply that to the war in Ukraine to have President Putin bloody take a step back and say that I'm being a bully and I shouldn't be here and I'm going home. We can only hope, we can only pray. So with the last few degrees of Saturn sitting in Aquarius, this is really important for Aquarians. Any Aquarians that are watching the show, you will know that the last couple of years have been a time of change. Some have found restrictions, some have found changes that have been thrust upon them and forced upon them that they weren't looking for and they needed to move along with those changes because that was the only way that they could move forward. So it's interesting now, 
as Saturn moves through the last few degrees of Aquarius, he's asking you to make sure that you've learned the lessons. Is there anything that needs tidying up? Is there anything that needs your attention? Is there anything there that you've ignored, tried to put away till tomorrow, sort of avoided? Now's the time to bring it about because Saturn's going to, if you don't do it willingly, Saturn will come along with like the baseball bat and hit you over the head and say, this is what's got to be completed before I move into Aries. So be aware of that. Most Aquarians that I've been working with over the last couple of years have willingly embraced the changes after they got over the initial shock for some of them, that it was a good thing, that it's it's putting them on a new directory, it's putting them on a new path, something that they wouldn't have thought of or brought something forward. And it's like, you know, once you get over that initial shock or the shake-up in your life, it's a really, really good thing. So if you are an Aquarian, please heed my advice. You've got very little time now to really listen to what Saturn's been trying to hammer home for this last couple of years. Make sure that you work with it instead of against it. It's always much easier to work with Saturn than swim against the tide so we have venus the we have mercury no we have we had mercury conjunct saturn on, i beg your pardon mercury so there's some light bulb moments there there's communication and things that we need to be sort of focusing i do apologize i didn't write the right symbol on my board so we now have venus is sitting in aries i beg your pardon so aries is you know, where we're looking for the things that we love to do. So it's conjunct or holding hands with Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is the planet of expansion, opportunity and luck. And it also is the time that Jupiter is holding hands or conjunct Chiron in Aries. So what this means in basic sort of terms is the things that we love to do, we really should be looking to sort of maybe encompass those in a way that is it a way that I can bring change into my life that I can bring opportunities and new things in my life that but at the same time have a healing aspect now healing doesn't always mean we've been physically sick sometimes it can be emotional sometimes it can be that we've had blockages or changes in our lives that have prevented us from moving forward so what it's asking here of Aries particularly is to find a way to, to love and embrace the changes that need to happen at the moment in your life. But look at it in a way that you want it to be transforming. You want it to be healing. You want it to be an opportunity there that you can really sort of make some great breakthroughs in this next few months that you know projects that you might have been working on for some time now are finally going to start to get some momentum people are going to start to see the merit in it it's time for things to start moving forward and it can be a very powerful positive time for all those Aries people, particularly at the moment, it will flow on to the, the other two fire signs, Leo and Sagittarius, but not quite as much. And it will also flow on to the opposite sign, which is Libra. But again, it's very, very watered down there and will seem very minimal. The, the most of the impact for this is for the Aries people. And most of them know what I'm talking about. They've been slowly working towards bringing about change in their life. Some people are embarking on new directions, new jobs, new careers, new projects. Other people are just sort of trying to bring about some peace, some healing, sort of some balance into their lives. And they're trying to do it with love. And love to me is the answer to everything. It, it sort of makes the world go round. It makes us feel better. It makes us feel special. And it's something that is very healing in its own right. If you are fortunate enough to be in love or be surrounded by loving beautiful people in your life you'll find that you feel that love always and you feel as if you can conquer the world and you can achieve anything it's when we lose sight of that magical energy called love that i think things start to become 
very difficult for us. You've only got to look at the tenacity of the people in Ukraine and the interviews that I've watched and the things that I've seen and the atrocities that have happened there. They've still got this tremendous love of country, this tremendous pride in their own being and wanting to stay and fight for what they believe in and fight for their country and fight for their people. And it's love that I believe is keeping them together and their pride of not wanting to give in. Now, I just want to duck back to the where I made the mistake of calling it Venus in Aquarius, even though I talked about relationships there, and it might be the perfect time if you've been having difficulty talking about talking about an issue in a relationship with it being the planet of communication, Mercury, it would also apply in the same way. So everything that I said prior in this astrology segment would also apply and you can apply that with love as well. So I just want to wrap up the astrology section by saying we've still got Pluto sitting in Capricorn. Pluto is there until 2024. So Pluto's nearing the end of his time too. So Pluto is really trying to get the world to sit up and take notice and to fix the problems that are there. And it's not just any one particular problem. It's a number of problems. And this is why we're seeing so many shakeups with governments and official bodies and people seeming to change their mind or, you know, I promised this and we've got to do that because the economy was bad or we're in got inflation or no jobs or no crops or no whatevers, you've got to allow them to be a little bit flexible to think that they're trying to do their very best. Yes, they might have promised one thing or preached one thing, but when they get there and circumstances change, they have to adapt to what they believe is the best for the, the country, the nation, you know, the outcomes that they're trying to achieve. So sometimes I think we give politicians a little bit of a bad rap, and I'm one of them that does that, but I think sometimes we've got to step outside the square and look at the whole picture and say, well, they are trying to do the very, very best that they can do. We're going to take our first caller from Kelly in Farmingdale in New York. Are you there, Kelly? Yes, I am. Do you have a question I can answer for you, sweetie? I just started a new project this week. I was wondering if you had any insights on that. Okay, I think you've taken a very brave step, Kelly, haven't you, by embarking on this new project? It was something that you've given a fair bit of thought to and sort of researched and looked at before you started it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I think it's a great idea what you've started. I think you just need to be aware that there will be a little bit of what I term as the helicopter effect. It can go up and seem like everything's you know, marching along really quickly. And then all of a sudden, it'll suddenly come down and you think, oh, hang on, have I made the right decision? Have I done something wrong? No, just be aware that this is how this project is going to go. It's gonna sort of seemingly go up and then it'll come to a standstill or a sudden you know, drop back in the energy and then it'll get a bit of a wriggle on again and things. By the time we get to August this year, I think Kelly, I think it's really starting to sort of get its own momentum and we're gonna see that the progress that'll be made then will be consistent it won't be the helicopter effect going up and down so I certainly do think that you're on the right direction with this are you looking to make some some substantial money out of this project I'm hoping so yeah because I, I am seeing substantial money to be made out of this project but again I want to say it's sort of like the income goes up goes down goes up goes down and you sort of start to question it it's it's healthy to question but I don't want you to get bogged down in it for too long if you know that everything that you've done is according to your plans and how you projected it should be then keep going do you know what I mean unless there's something that stands out to you that needs adjusting or changing I would stay on the same path but I truly believe overall you're going to be hugely successful and this to me is just the first step in another two sections or two 
add-ons to be added to this initial project a bit further down the track? Is that part of your plans, Kelly? Uh, I think so. You think so? Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, sometimes when we start things, we don't know where they're going to take us, do we? You know, we have some other ideas floating around in the background, but we're just so focused on the initial let's get it off the ground, which is good. So has there also just been a change of residence for you, Kelly? Uh, not at this time, I know. Okay. Are you making changes around the home? Is that what I'm picking up? Because I'm, I've got all this movement and change around you as if nothing's sort of set in concrete at the moment. It's like I'm open to everything. Yeah, there's a lot of movement in the household. Right. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. but you seem to be, you yourself personally seem to be open to any sort of change that comes along. I'll give anything a fair hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. I want to see you stay in that sort of flexible sort of energy so that you are ready for any changes or modifications that you need to make along the way, Kelly, and that will make the project even more successful. So I just want to wish you well. I know you're on a winner here, Kelly. Okay. Great. Thank you. We're going to speak, we're going to speak with Natasha now in Brooklyn in New York as well. It's New York Day today. Hello, Natasha. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, sweetie. Do you have a question I can answer for you? Yes. Um, I wanted to know, was me and my husband ever going to reconcile or we're going to go through this divorce? Okay, that's a, a really serious question, Natasha. And first thing I want to say is you're very brave coming on the show and sort of asking a question like that that I know is very, very personal. It's interesting because at this point, as it stands, I believe your husband believes he's on the right path, that the only solution to the problems that you've been experiencing as a couple is to divorce. Now, I disagree with him, and I know you do too. I think he's been quite stubborn. I don't think he's been prepared to sort of look at the whole picture. He's just sort of saying, oh, that's it, it's broken, just, you know, get rid of it sort of thing. It's interesting because I'm not going to put all the blame at his feet and I'm not going to put it all at your feet, but I'm going to say that I don't think he's acknowledging his part in what led to the problems. And that's the part yeah. that I'm, I'm quite cross with him about because it's all well and fine to say something's broken and this is the only solution, but you've got to be grown up enough to admit your part in getting to this point now yeah he keeps sharing with me natasha that he's he's very hurt well that's all well and fine he can be hurt but so are you you know what i mean it's not all about mm. me 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 on his side it's about what's happened to both of you during this process look i'm not I wish I could turn around and say to you natasha no you're not going to get divorced i see that as being sort of the only road forward at this point but I'm going to also say I want to err on the side of caution and I want to err on the side of optimism and say maybe this has got to happen so you can find your way back to each other maybe this has got to be that this chapter in your lives together finishes and then once the pressure's off and he feels that you know he can fix his wounds and you know sort of turn around and, and stop blaming everybody else except himself for what went went wrong in the marriage maybe then we can you can find your way back to each other because i don't feel this is the end of the story and that's something i don't say lightly and it's not something i often see you know usually when people end up in divorce courts that's usually the final 
nail in the coffin, so to speak. But in this instance, Natasha, I don't believe it is. I, I feel it's sort of like it has to be the end of, end of this chapter. And I think it's the only way that the healing process can take place. And then the two of you have a, you know, a, about a 40% chance of finding your way back to each other in a new, improved, solid version of what the two of you stood for. And maybe that's the only way forward. I know it's not what you wanted to hear, but I, my role is to, to give you the information that's given to me in the clearest possible manner to help you cope with what's ahead. So I hope that's been of some help, Natasha. Yeah, that was a lot of help. Um, do you think that he still he still loves me? I do, and this is the stupid part. Deep down, he still loves you, but it's like all as he can see is what he sees is the hurt. That you know, he he sort of feels as if he's the only injured party out of this marriage, and he's not. You know, there's enough hurt and frustration and everything to go around for both of you. If and I'm not going to say this just because I'm speaking with you, Natasha, but if I was to split the pie up to who had the most hurt out of this marriage, I'd have to give the majority share of that to you. You know, you've been the one that's made allowances. You've been the one that's tried to be supportive, that's, you know, supported his stupid random dreams sometimes and, you know, knowing full well they wouldn't work, but you gave him your 100% support and went along with it. And if it worked out well and fine, if it didn't, you were there to ready to pick up the pieces. A lot of his hurt and his pain, Natasha, I think goes way back to childhood. And it's like he's, he's collected all that together in a basket and he's dumped it at your front doorstep and said, you, you caused all this. And that's not true. So it, it, it's the only way I think the two of you can move forward. I know he still loves you. He won't admit it, but he sees that this is the only solution. And we have to honour that for the moment, as much as as painful as it is. But I think once that pressure's off, I think you will find your way back to each other. And I think then, you know, the relationship, whether it heads back into, you know, legalised marriage again, or you just live together, it will be a completely different, more balanced relationship where you both will find great joy with each other. So I hope that's helped you, Natasha. Yes, ma'am. And thank you very much for helping with that. You're very welcome, um, sweetie. You know, what you need to do now is just sort of take hour by hour, Natasha, and not try and look at the whole picture. You know, just try and deal with what you've got to deal with in the short term. And that, that'll give you the strength to get through because this has really been very taxing on you. I don't think many people around you know how much this has really affected you because you really truly do believe in the institution of marriage and you still really love your husband. And this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so time, you, you know, I lost both of my parents. I lost both mm -hmm. of my parents six months um, before oh. I got um, married. So I was going through a lot of emotions. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to I hear that. I thought that he would understand that. Um, yeah, but so, maybe it was more than what he could deal with. Maybe he didn't know how to fix it or fix you or help you. So it was sort of like, oh, well, this is the perfect time. You know, we'll get it all over and done with at once, which is silly, but yeah. I know, but. Some people can't deal with losses like that, sweetie. They just don't know what to do. So they, they take it what I see as the easy way out and say, oh, well, this is, this is broken. We can't fix it. We'll add that to the pile. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate. But look, you will yeah. find your way back together again. And I wish you well. And that's where we've got to leave it now, Natasha. So that was Natasha in New York. It's interesting how so many people are going through so many changes at the moment. 
And, you know, there's lots of healing out there at the moment. I want to share with you a, a little bit about what happened in my week here in Australia. For many, many people, they would know that late last, you know, August last year, we lost Dame Olivia Newton-John. And here in Australia, we had a memorial for her over the weekend. And it was a very touching memorial that was aired on all the major networks here. And from lots of people around the world who loved Dame Olivia, you know, came on, gave their little video message of how she changed their lives and what she meant to them. But the most important message that came out from this memorial, and I think that's Libby playing with my hair, um, was the fact that she was a great healer. And that was something that I suppose in a sense that I'd overlooked. I mean, yes, I knew she was very much into the complementary therapies and I knew that, you know, she was introducing long before it was fashionable and things like that. And she, she always had a beautiful heart and she sang a lot of beautiful love songs. But when you look at the words of the songs that she wrote and she sang and the different musicals that she was in and the amount of people's lives that she touched from Grease through in her movies, from, you know, Grease, Xanadu, all those sort of things, let's get physical. She started, you know, people exercising, things like that. But the most important thing to Livy was love. And it was something that she was fortunate enough to find a few times in her life. And everybody spoke very highly of that. And the things that she did, you know, and she went on to open her own Olivia Newton-John Hospital and Wellness Centre here in Australia many years ago now for cancer. She did the walk on the China Wall. It was just amazing to see the outpouring of love for a very, very special lady who was given the title as Dame by Queen Elizabeth and that the people that are still were in her lives right till the end that had been there and her friends for over 50, 60 years. So it's an amazing tribute to a beautiful lady who I don't think the world will ever forget at what Olivia Newton-John brought to this world and what she gave to each and every one of us. I was never blessed to meet the woman in person, but I've been a huge fan of hers throughout my, my lifetime. And it's amazing to sort of see how many people got up and said things like that they were, you know, certain movies or certain songs had touched them in their lives and, and, and helped them embark on the way that they wanted to sort of live their life or the, the careers that they chose or the things that they did, that she left a legacy that I don't even think Olivia would even begin to realise how much she touched so many people. So then that led me to what particular song would I use or suggest on the show this week that, that, that summed up Olivia Newton-John's life, her legacy, her healing, the, the impact that she gave to the world. And I kept coming back to one particular song. And at one stage there, they talked about all the different Johns in her life, that John a husband and John a manager and different people throughout the years. And there was one particular person that was mentioned who's an absolute favourite of mine. And they talked about Olivia Newton-John's favourite singer. And her favourite singer happens to be John Farnham. And then that sort of led to me to think, well, OK, what songs did Olivia and John sing together? Is there a particular song that, that sums up Olivia's life? And I remembered then the opening to the 2000 Olympics in Sydney where Olivia Newton-John and John Farnham did a duet together called Dare to Dream. I went back and I watched the song a number of times and I thought that really sums up Dame Olivia's life, that she dared to dream, she inspired all of us, she shared her love with each and every person on the planet and that's the message of love and light that I think Olivia would like to, for me to leave with everybody around the world. Dame Olivia Newton-John, 
will always be remembered with such passion and love and the legacy of her music, her, her movies and her healing and her just her being her will always stay with us. So I want to leave you with a song this week called Dare to Dream from the 2000 Olympics in Sydney with Dame Olivia Newton-John and John Farnham. Until next week, bye for now.